The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hi, everybody. Uh, another episode of Carnival of Randomness, and it's Rob, and I think that Zach, as usual, with his little mermaid shirt on, as hey, you can It was either my niece or my sister picked this out for me. And I've often said there's a category of music that I say I can't really describe, but it's just damn good. And my dear friend Ryan Hurley said of this band's last album, it was literally one of the best albums he's ever heard, first time listening to it all the way through and he's kind of right this is king buffalo and we have sean from king buffalo here hi man how you doing hey, good thanks for having i me. have to dispel something i don't know if this is true or not but i've heard a rumor with king buffalo that there's a king new england that goes around and they spy on your gigs and they try to compete with you is that true <laughs> king i wouldn't king doubt Houston. it for a second and i heard Houston. their manager and stuff they spy and they deflated a couple of your instruments a few times yeah, <laughs> down tuning our instruments and then yeah. king houston was uh you know spying on the levels that you put on there yeah yeah, it's horrible. It would have been fine if they if they just not videotaped it. Yeah. Topical! Uh, music battles. We'll have a whole episode on music chicanery sometimes. But tell us a little about yourself, and you know, as we go for the audience. Uh, well, my name's Sean. I play guitar, sing, and synth uh, for King Buffalo. I uh, grew up in the Rochester area and live in Rochester now. That's very good. And how did you, like, did you have, I think the influencers are... It's trying to describe your music a little. You're kind of psychedelic. You're kind of trippy, heavy, pretty much everything. What would you say, Zach? Well, I was listening to, uh, I put on the Orion album, Orion. And I'm like, man, I uh, this would be good to just sit, do something that may or may not be legal depending on your state, and just think about the mysteries of the universe because it's like that real deep thought-provoking, like, oh, you know, sit around and just chill music. It really is. It was, it was it was relaxing in a way. I liked it. Well, that's I'm glad. Thank you. That's definitely I think like the vibe we kind of go for yeah, is that definitely uh, hit it for me. Is uh, sort of sort of sounds like a warm like fuzzy blanket in space. That, that's exactly know? what it was. It was like it's like that's sliding. a song right there. Yeah. That <laughs> warm fuzzy blanket in space. It's like slipping <laughs> into a warm song. bath. You know that bath but when the first it's just time the right I saw you, and I remember I was joking. You know, I don't go to shows that suck. And you said, "Did we suck?" And go, "Hell no." But <laughs> when you went on, smoke's coming out. So playing. Actually, of all things, I heard Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely. You know, we all grew up. You know, worshiping Sabbath. And, and they got the little EP there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, like the easy, the simple description, of, like if, if I have to describe our band to people that maybe like aren't like huge finger quotes music heads, you know, they're just like more like the average listener. I would say like, you know, it sounds like Pink Floyd meets Black Sabbath. 
you know. A little yeah. Kelly Clarkson thrown in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little Carly Rae Jepsen. And just well, a touch you know of I Muddy see, Waters. Also, that's actually a point, though, with your music. And what, what, how did you grow up? What did you get into saying, man, this is what I want to do. I dig this. You know, I know a lot of some of your things, obviously, knowing you. But what it was like when you first saw, like, an album that really turned you on to, like, wow, this, I want to do this. This is awesome. I mean, I was always into music. Um, and, like, I guess I would say, like, my musical, like, upbringing was pretty normal for, like, a suburban kid, you know, like, uh, pilfering, like, my parents' record stash, you know. I remember I, like, got into, like, playing the records when I was, like, like 12, 13. I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, but I didn't quite get it a lot, you know, a lot of the stuff. Like, yeah, Zeppelin sounds really cool, you know. <laughs> Hendrix is badass, but uh, I didn't really, like, understand. I didn't really understand the music, but I remember I was... Uh, I think when I was in fourth grade, my stepdad gave me a copy of Animals on CD with like his nice headphones that like only he was allowed to use. And he said, listen to this start to finish. And I did. And I, it totally like kind of grabbed me, but I didn't under, I mean, it's like a super That's heavy concept That's one of those albums record. that you just, with Floyd, I started with the Sid Barrett stuff a little, Julia Dreams, which is kind of like psychedelic pop. Yeah, yeah. And then you get to Animals and you're like the hell is it yeah. and then like you, you see pictures of Elijah with the giant pigs flying yeah. over but I a lot of people who are huge into Floyd they will say that's their favorite album yeah I, I mean for years I would have said that um I go back and forth I mean and I would just keep it simple and I just say Dark Side's the best record ever made um it's just like hipster points to say it's not, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, like, start to finish, it's... Well, I remember that my age growing up, and it would be like, a, I think it was Channel 9 or Channel 11, they would have ads for The Wall on when it came out. Really? I remember seeing... Like they, TV ads? They would have ads for the album coming out wow. with, like, the little ad. And then I remember seeing the movie going, I'm not going to shave my eyebrows like that. Yeah, my God, going, that movie was... What the hell out. is this about? Ooh, that yeah. movie was And what thing. happened to me was I washed dishes at a restaurant, and I had this one friend of mine who washed dishes and we would just talk music and he was this huge pink floyd fan so we just go on and on about all the different things and everything else and i started getting next i got the final cut which a lot of people don't like mm. but and then i went back and but animals it's like big man pig man ah sure age you are and pigs on the wing and you really it is a heavy album to get into to start yeah. off listening to that band yeah and like you know i was like this sounds really cool like i liked the the vibe and everything but i obviously i had no idea what the lyrics meant i had no idea what the message was of the record because i was in fourth grade you know <laughs> of course i didn't um but as i like revisited it in my later teen years i was like oh yeah that's like you know i was I loved it and Around the time, you know, I was, I'm 35, so I was growing up in sort of the mid to late 90s, Is this your early birthday, 2000s. actually? Happy birthday, Yeah, man. a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Um, so it was, uh, you know, like a lot of like the new metal was like huge then, you know, like <laughs> like I loved Rage Against the Machine, you know, System of Down, all those bands. Like that's when I really got into playing guitar. Like I was playing along to those records as like a. Yeah, I was going to ask. Did you? We've actually we've had actually just we had Sarah on just recently. She's classically trained, and you were you were classically trained by Spinal Tap. I take it. Yeah. I say, did you just play on that sound? But if you're not classically trained a lot of, that's what i was going to ask you just sort of because the way i did it when i played bass a little bit i'd put on the scorpions rock you like a hurricane the trooper tried heartbreaker by led zeppelin gave up on that one because yeah. <laughs> you realize like john paul what he's doing with that yeah it's just like speaking of like 
the like with the wall when they do another brick in the wall in Pink Floyd. That one thing David Gilmour does, which sounds like he bends the guitar thing all the way down like that. Wah. Mm-hmm. And but that's is that how you learned how to play a lot by just playing along with these? Yeah, I mean, I had I had always done like musical things through school and like you know when my parents would drag me to church and stuff. So I I could read music, I could do that, but like I never played guitar at school. You know, like they they didn't offer guitar classes. It was you know I played the trumpet. Um, uh, oh, it's a natural trick. I got, <laughs> yeah, I got my, you know, I got my first guitar when I was like 15. My what mom, was it? What was it? It was an Ibanez GAX 70. It was their shitty, it was like a combo, like they sold the guitar and practice amp combo. Oh. And like my mom got it for me for Christmas. I had never asked for a guitar. She just was like, well, whenever you're at like your uncle's house and he had a guitar like he always seemed to pick it up and want to like you're i was always interested in it but i never like really vocalized it she's like yeah i bet he'd like that for christmas you know it was like cheap you could get him at walmart i believe at the time or whatever and and i got it and i was like oh this is the coolest thing you know like i changed my life and um that's how i just started playing along to things like reading tabs online you're lucky it worked because i remember like i got a bass without the guitars as old as fine we got amps they were like 15 bucks so we learned how we got the band name because the amps would sound like something out of that scene in spinal tap when he crashes his guitar we just call ourselves feedback because it would just all the thing would just flow back and everything yeah but that's what you do when you get onto something and you dig it and everything you start playing and then when did you, I know you do sound too a little bit, so yep. you got into you really got into that part of it too. Yeah, that was when I went to college. Um, I was a pretty like typical like apathetic uh, teenager, and I, you know, all I wanted to do was play guitar, man. You know, like I didn't really want to do anything with my life. Um, but my mom was like, well, you don't have to go to college, but you have to at least visit one and apply. You, I don't care if you decide not to go. But if you do not go, you're moving out. You know, it's like one of those things. It's like, okay, I totally understand. And so I went to Fredonia and for an open house because she was like, they have a good music program. You should check it out. And, you know, I took a tour of the music department. They had a really nice studio. And I was like, oh, yeah, making records seems like kind of cool. I don't know. I'll apply. Probably won't go. Maybe I'll just like, you know, become a homeless guitar player or something. I didn't really care. I applied and I got in and then I was, you know, that's when I got into like the engineering aspect. You know, before that, all I'd had was like a four track cassette recorder in my bedroom type stuff. That's neat though, because you could do all. I remember like we would do just with the little cassettes you ever do, the take the cassette player, put it up to the record player to oh, take yeah. your record and everything. Oh, yeah. And then the, like the cat oh, would the... come in or something like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like even just like, Making like crappy mixtapes off the radio, oh, like having yeah, to be ready to hit. Thing. Thing. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> you call thing. the radio station. Like, hey, when's this song coming on? Oh, it's coming on at you know five eighteen. Yeah. Like, All right, get it, get it. And I would have stacks. Like I found them when I moved. Boxes of mixtapes. Yep. Boxes of them, which is always cool. But then you went on too from that. And now, was this your first band you played in? Because this is the first band I've seen you in. No, I was in a in a bunch of different. I've probably seen you in those. Yeah. Um. I was in a bunch of bands before this. Uh, the the one right before was called Abandoned Buildings Club, um, and that was a fun time. But yeah, yeah, this it was. Is, I think is... I see. I've seen so many people before I've even met. I've seen you before because I've been. I'm like the little phantom that's roamed yeah. around the scene for forever. So yeah, but... we we were hard to miss. We were that band with two drummers that was you know like the, really loud. You know, so there was still like a psychedelic edge, but it was definitely more the Melvins than it was, uh, 
you know. We were the Melvins who mentioned a lot by Biz. <laughs> I, that, I was just thinking, it's like, that's not the first Melvins reference that's come along on this yeah. show. You know, because it's of a certain age, I think, yeah. too, when you pick up yeah. stuff like that. And we have certain, you know, friends certain age that do this kind of stuff. So, But then how did King Buffalo come about? Was it Prince Buffalo and then you killed the king? It started as Duke Batavia. Yeah. And then shifted out to King, and then they got promoted to King Buffalo. Honestly, the name thing is like so not even interesting. We uh we formed pretty quick, like um and then we needed a name. Like we were basically uh our drummer was in a different band, they broke up and they had some tour dates that they wanted to fill and it was like a month or two before that tour. So he's like he asked me and Dan, my bass player from a band of Melissa, he's like, Do you guys wanna fill in well so we can do these dates? We said, sure, but instead of actually learning the songs when we'd get together, we would just jam and we were writing. And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're a new band. And if that's the case, we need a name because we're going on the road in like two weeks at this point. And it was like, fuck. So we wrote like... That would have been good. (laughs) We wrote like 40 or 50 names on a big whiteboard. And then we took turns each crossing off like three or four until we got down to like a final four (laughs) that we hated the least. So it was like, okay. And... Is you know, Martha Dump Truck was actually really close to becoming a band name <laughs> because it was so bad that like everyone just thought it was funny to like leave it up. Like someone else will cross it off. Yeah. And, and no one crossed it off, and, and it made the final four. And then it's like shit. Like we could be Martha Dump Truck, and basically we just settled on King Buffalo. We didn't really think it through. It's kind of a mistake because you know it was, we get a lot of you guys aren't even from Buffalo. And it's like yeah, we didn't really think that through. We just thought it was like. An interesting image of like I a weird still have, shaman I guy. Just got, you, know? you can use this, make this a song, an instrumental, use it for a side project. I still, there's got to be a band called Narcotic Lollipop. I keep <laughs> pop, name keeps popping in my head. Somebody, some friend of mine, feel free, use it as an instrumental, use it as a song. I just, I could picture them in my head and they're not real. <laughs> I'm actually, I would be shocked if there isn't a Narcotic I know, Lollipop I, at post-punk this, band somewhere. At this point <laughs> in the, in the, in the time space. Space continuum. Oh, you could have gone. You could have been the newest Yardbirds, like Jimmy Page did the new Yardbirds for Led Zeppelin, (laughs) and then changed your name afterwards. Well, we were the newest Yardbirds, but then you know, consider it. You should call temporary name or insert name here. That would have been great. What were your first gigs ever that you played out in terms? How did it, you know, in the field of doing that, playing live and everything? Um, I mean, I would say probably like most musicians' early shows is like no one's there. Um. (laughs) Although, I mean, if, if are you talking about specifically King well, Buffalo? Well, whenever, no, 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 whenever you played, like, I always sort of interested. Because he's seen, I remember one of his things, I guess one of our friends saw Loverboy play at a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, Darren saw Lo- Loverboy play at a Letchworth like bowling alley. Stage. Yeah. Like bowling alley. Yeah. yeah, they put, I think, riser, right they put a, a riser over, like, four or five lanes. Wow. And they just played while people were probably bowling and there was on like the other side of them. Carl told the story about when he started, was in a bar in Galveston, so he comes in. And they played on Wednesday nights, and it would say "Science Special Chicken for four dollars, uh, pitchers of beer two dollars, and Hayes Carl." <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like locally, when we were all younger, and it was easy, you know, like your all your drinking buddies, you'd you know go to the you'd come to the show, and it'd just basically be like your your buds, yeah. you know. Um, but we, like I said, we started touring pretty much immediately as a band, and like it was years of like playing to the bartenders, you know, and, like, no one else. Yeah. Um, and 
I always love that, though, in a way, because I think you look back when you get some little bit of success and stuff, and you think about those days and go, you know, I mean, somebody who sold millions of records, you think back. I remember there were three people, some drunk threw a bottle at me, you know, yeah. these early gigs and everything. The, the early gigs, like, yeah, you know, we made $25, bought a round of drinks for the bar, and we're still left with money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, there's a lot of those. You, you I don't know, it, it's... Now we'd be a little more depressed if that was happening. But when you're, you know, when you're younger, it's like it's just fun. You're just living out of a van That's with your thing. buds, and like, yeah, like and dude, it, we just played music in a bar. Yeah. and got money for it. And I think yeah. like I, it's, if, you know, whenever I talk to like younger younger musicians. That's like the first thing I always say is like start touring like immediately. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. How did that? Was that a group decision or is it we're going to start touring? Uh, well, like I said, we formed two fill tour dates, and yeah. that was something I'd always really wanted to do was to be like a touring. Because I guess like the band Triumph, what they did, they never opened. They started pretty much touring. All they did, and they put all their money into their show. Yeah, and they just and the way it went then, it's like I always said. You know, now you put something out, it's all over the internet. It was sort of organically how it grew. Like you would hear, like I was reading about the club scenes in the 70s in a band like the Good Rats, for example, a Twisted Sister. They could play Long Island, stay local, and they'd make like six figures. Because yeah. the club scenes, you'd have to play every night. Yep. But how word of mouth gets out, like there's three people, then there's ten people, then all of a sudden you can't get through the door because people know. Well, yeah, and it's, it's I mean, it's tough, as we all know, like the state <laughs> of the current music industry is like you're not making money on record sales, yeah, you know? Uh, so to do it, like, I mean, that's that you have to be touring. You you, you have to go do it. And uh, to piggyback with that is you have to have a shitload of T-shirts to sell, you know? <laughs> like, honestly, so, like, you play that show in Birmingham, Alabama, maybe there's 10 people there. If you can sell two T-shirts... You probably just made more than you're getting from the bar for playing. You and the know? thing is, too, you didn't realize it, but when you did the name, I always say when you think of the name, think of the shirt, and you can get some damn good shirts of like your. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, this probably sounds pretty jaded, uh, but like, <laughs> no. re- really, what I I always joke about, like, we're just basically uh, traveling t-shirt salesmen who use. Uh, like our music as the marketing to sell t-shirts. Well, it is though. Know? I've heard actually from a friend actually played at uh, like a pumpkin farm over Halloween. He said they froze their asses off. They played on like a trailer. But he said the gig. He said the gig was awesome because people were buying the shirts, yeah. the CDs. I mean, that's what you got to do. And that's my thing now. When I go to X, I like an X. I buy the album and I buy shirts because it's like your gas money or your. Well, and a lot of times too, that's the best way. I mean, it depends on whatever deal an artist has, but. That's the best way to actually like they'll get a more of a cut from a t-shirt sale than they would from a record sale. Yeah. You know, if they're on a label, they're getting pennies on the dollar for for that CD or record sale, but they might get fifty percent of that. So t-shirt buy those sale. shirts yeah. and everything. Yeah. Buy them. And they have lots of designs. <laughs> Patches and like all, all the yeah. Do you come up. You come up with the designs and everything. No, can... no, I don't do any of the graphic design. We hire. We sub out to some artists that we really so like. We kind of too because we suck. Yeah, <laughs> our drummer does some of them, and he does a good job. So we try to have. I mean, we have. We usually have anywhere from five to eight different available T-shirt designs at a merch area. Yeah, so hopefully, there's that, something for everyone. It's like your first little CD. <laughs> The art here is our bass player did that actually. That was him. I'm trying. It's a it's a plant or something. <laughs> what is this? Uh, it's a skull of a some sort of bovine creature. <laughs> I love the use of the word bovine. I love that. The, yeah, definitely some sort of. 
I think it's Bovine. a cow. Maybe it's a buffalo. Yeah, right there. It looks like uh, the old cow skulls you'd see in the old Western movies. Yeah. In the desert. Yeah. Funky. Yeah. <laughs> but it's mixed in with I was going to say like, one thing. A lot of your themes, and I, I just happened to notice this because I have your little sticker I got with your albums, too. You have a lot of, like, space themes. Though. I was going to say, that yeah. looks really yeah. like Ryan, obviously. Looks and I remember Ryan, they actually had a restaurant in Orr Ryan's wet belt restaurant. It got three-star rating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I noticed that because like, this row. is almost like a little, it's almost like a space symbol. Yeah, the NASA ripoff. Like, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> oh, Spock, this yeah. isn't red. I can wear it. Yeah. <laughs> may as well. They're not using it. And are it. you interested in that type of thing or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. And, um, you know, piggyback off that, like the new, we have an EP coming out March 20th, and that's heavily space-themed, like the whole the whole thing. is. Well, for Orion, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, the, the newest one's called Dead Star, and every song is basically something about space. Did you get into, you into that type of thing? Because, I mean, I grew up watching uh, Cosmos and getting yeah. into astronomy and everything else. Yeah, I mean, I would say we're definitely into the mysteries of the natural and cosmic world, you know, they're fascinating i don't know I, th- I think it's cool i get those vibes like i think there's something very mystical about like you're like longing to be the mountain and the way it looks and just like the whole idea of the songs it's like yeah. a trip yeah we try to have all of our releases the demo not so much but our you know orion repeater which was an ep we did after that and then longing to be the mountain and now dead start they all have sort of a different story and everyone we try to we try to do our best to make everything a concept record yeah and i like how i always like a lot of your songs it starts with the long instrumental you get in the vibe, and then you get the vocals, and you fade in. You're sucked into it. It's like a little story in a way. It is. Uh, thanks, man. That's definitely the that's the aim. <laughs> because it is. You're sitting there. Okay, here he goes. Okay, it's slow build, though. Yeah. But it's you know. But then it really makes it. It's like when it hits, it's like yeah. It. it but that's another thing. It's like structure of music is so unusual because everybody really likes to just kind of. Go full force all at once, but now you got to have a build up, right? Oh, you gotta absolutely. You got to build the anticipation. It's like, yeah, anything. we, I mean, that was, that's always been like one of our sort of rules that we, you know, um, is, you know, you can't be, you can't have the sledgehammer the whole time and you can't right. be doing, otherwise, like, it becomes fatiguing and it's not as impactful. What we like to try to do is have it, have your moments of like heinous, heavy destruction, but then like take a while to get there so that, you know, it's it feels dramatic. It's not just like you know, if you listen to a whole forty minute record and it's just balls of all the whole time, it gets kind of fatiguing. I think. Yeah, and I call it, it's the old it's the light and dark concept. Yeah, you start off with the you got light, then you got dark, yeah. you got the different changes and everything. But I was gonna say heavy. What was it? Heavy destruction, whatever you just said. Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah, heavy destruction. Heavy <laughs> no, there was something. Yeah. Another age, something heinous, heinous heavy destruction. That's track four on the new album yeah. coming out March twentieth. <laughs> Yep, by Narcotic Lollipop. By Narcotic yeah, Lollipop. It's coming, I know. I just love the name. Patent though. pending. Patent pending. Copyright. Pending. But we actually played Cosmonaut when we had the person from the museum in here. Oh, really? He was like, it's perfect. Cool. You know, she yeah. would say, like, who are these guys? Are they? Yeah. But that's what I always oh, yeah. say like, about your band, too, is I always look out and go, okay, because these bands are good, but sort of the same stuff. You guys are unique, though. I don't think I can't really think of stuff that's like you. Or, you know, it's like you have your own sound. I appreciate and that. No, and it really is because there's a lot of bands that are very good in their genres, but then, okay, listen to them. And I will say for your shows, when you play locally, they're madhouses. <laughs> and I will say, like, your show in December, I'm, I'm crazy about saying <laughs> hi to friends. And I couldn't get near you. You were like a rock star. Yeah, <laughs> it was, like... <laughs> I mean, it was it was chaos. Um, that you're talking about the one at the bug jar? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was... I literally never parked so far away. Really? <laughs> yeah, um... 
that was that was, it was really cool. It was amazing, like the outpouring of of support that we had for that show. But it was definitely, uh, it was a madhouse. Now, do you yeah. open for people on the road, or you just go do your own? It depends. It depends on the show. Um, uh, you know, we've done tours opening for the Sword, uh, all the matches. We we sometimes we do opening slots. Sometimes we do. Our own. I was going to say, do you have any like good wacky tour stories and stuff that's happened on the road or anything? Um, and I'll, I'll preface it for you. One of our friends, Greg Andrews, is on here. He's playing a gig. He's a drummer, and they're like on a dock. A guy hooked him with his fish hook. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That, that um, I Honestly, like, for the most part, we touring is, a, is, is kind of a lot more boring than it tends to get made out to be, uh, which is a good thing you know it's like we, we we don't really party very hard we don't have too many like really wild stories i'm trying to think i mean there's like you, you know there's a joke about the whole idea man magazine did about star trek and they had him sitting there going well these are the boring things between adventures mm-hmm. it's like when you travel a lot of travel is getting to the destination too you get plane or ride so you're spending a lot of time doing that and you're yeah. not like it's not a wild and yeah, you know, you're in the van for anywhere from four to eight hours a day, and you get to the, you get to the venue, you load in, you set up, you do your sound check, and then you have an hour now, before the show starts. So, like, if what you, do you have like have? the stories, like, have you ever had any like horrendous weather? Oh yeah. There we go. That's the one. Because so, I remember reading about Springsteen one time, and I guess they had to do the whole thing in Colorado, put the chains on the tires and everything or led zeppelin they're in a van when they first started they're going over an ice bridge they mm-hmm. think it's gonna break any minute so we did uh we've we've encountered both extremes we did a snow a show in the snow in montreal uh it was like late october early november is an outdoor show and we're just there's like there was a couple of like little videos of just us getting like pounded with snow and sleet um, and it was like horizontal, so it was like coming in and just soaking our oh, guitars and pedal man. boards and synths and everything. It was just like horrifying. My fingers have never been so cold. That was really brutal. And then we've done the exact opposite. We played on a beach with no like canopy cover, You're direct a new sunlight. Beach? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a new beach, but there was no sun coverage of any kind, and it must have been about a hundred degrees. Oh. Like. Uh, it's like the only time I've ever played a show with my shirt off because it was so brutal. And I'm just like, my guitar was covered in sunscreen because it was just like sweating. Just, yeah, it was, you could have souvenired, you could have worn t shirts, sweated through them, threw them to the audience. Oh, it was so like. But then you, you had played, the big guitar tan line. It was it horrible. But if you played at a nude beach and all of a sudden, like, like, hey, that dude really likes our music. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hallucinating. Like, I. My bass player, like we both legit looked at each other at one point and legitimately thought like we were gonna die. Like, I this, had. This I literally like went to a gig a few months ago. The drummer dropped over, and I was. He, he turned out okay, so I could tell the story. But it was dehydration. Yeah, so. yeah, it was. It was insane. But so we've covered. Yeah, the weather pretty. People don't Pretty realize well. how much work it is playing too. They think it's playing. It's fun, yes, yeah. it's fun, oh, yeah. but it's also it's you know it's just you know it's a lot of work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I, I don't know. I, I I always like it when it's kind of hot. Like I want to sweat 
I want to I want to be like kind of sweaty and gross. I want to feel like I'm and, feel like you're working hard, but like there's also like a line of like yeah, now I feel like I'm gonna die. I had one yeah, like I was actually <laughs> reliving when I saw the Kings play because it was the first time I met Greg Townsend of the High Rises like, at Jazzbury. I saw the Essentials, but I went to see the Kings play at U of R and Ray Davies. It was UK Jack. He wore the the UK flag jackets and he was going out. You could see him. He had the heart attack before wow. and he's sweating and saying you know okay, but it's really hot up here. Yeah. But I was gonna say what. How did your band react if anybody yells Freebird? Because we tell because we have Freebird, like some yeah. people use that. I don't know. Honestly, like I don't really care. It's we're I love that. I, I, I love Freebird. You know, <laughs> like I, I like I love that song. Uh, but it's it's just usually kind of more like a, um, a referendum on the person yelling it than anything else. It's just kind of like okay. Like you don't you don't do this very often. You don't come to shows. You don't very Ryan often. Adams them, do you? Because you, know? you know Ryan's had some issues, and I went to see him, and somebody yelled "Freebird," and he stops the show, and he said, "You know that would have been more relevant in the '80s when a few of them were still alive." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean we or, don't. You know, more cowbell. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't really. Uh, we haven't really. Ha- it doesn't really happen that often. Well, anymore. you're rock gods. That's the way I call it up there. You're in your own zone playing, and it's like Richie Blackmore. I guess he said he wasn't nasty on stage, but he just he was so into playing. Yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of funny. Like, definitely depends on on like the city and the type of crowd. But there's a lot of shows we play, and you know, like like you were saying, it's kind of like music to zone out to. Yeah. So there's a lot of times, and we bleed a lot of the songs together. So there's a lot of times when like we'll stop a song and like people don't know if they're supposed to like clap and so they're just kind of like like yeah. what, what are they yeah, done it, man yeah yeah I, weirdly <laughs> and you may not have heard of this when i was in a freshman in college and i'm not that much older than you so this was 2000 <clears throat> the dude that lived in the room next to me he was actually roommates with my buddy the storm and mormon but he was obsessed with this band kind of like that mogwai Oh yeah, if you've ever heard of yeah, that, heard and of I, way, I just yeah. remember wall of, like a, like a wall of sound is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and we would just sit there and like stare out the window and just listen to this. It's like this is weird, but I don't know, but I really like it, and I yeah. can't figure out why. I was gonna say too. Did you consciously make an effort? Because I always say there's a big difference between covering other songs and doing your own music. And I always say that you can have some very good cover bands, just, but there's a passion that comes with doing your own thing. And I've like noticed you've never really done any cover songs. Unless yeah, I missed we or something because I was no. drunk when I was at a show. Or <laughs> we 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 did used to play like a Sabbath tune here or there, um, and then we we took part in like a uh, a record label did like a they called it a Redux sort of like a celebration of Electric Ladyland, um, and they had you know all these different bands doing a cover of Hendrix and they put it all on the record. Did you feel and, sort of like trying to play him? Uh, I mean, it was. It was a bit daunting. We did The House is Burning Down, which is, like, kind of a weird I song. know what I yeah. know. I've actually posted it online yeah. before. Yeah, and so we did we did that. And so that that was, like, really the extent of our cover history. It's just kind of um, – I always get this idea. Like, I was like, oh, was like, we should do covers. We should do a cover. But then there's always, like, a million other things for us to do. Yeah. That it's like, are we really going to take time – to learn the song instead yeah. of just like you know maybe like you know. if there's a band you like and they do like one of those shows like we have many around it with the tribute you go play two songs just for the hell of it yeah you know, something like that sometime. yeah it's it's just been like I said it's just been tough like there's we usually find ourselves pretty busy with stuff so to like actually take the time I I like learn stuff in my 
private time, like when I'm practicing at yeah. home. But it's no Christmas album forthcoming. No, <laughs> not not yet. Maybe someday. Maybe maybe we'll hop on that like Beatles train and do like a Christmas <laughs> record this year. A doomy, dreary Christmas. Yeah, that's about what I've been asking a lot, like for comfort zones, because I, this is one of the things that's popped in my head. I've asked every musician: Is there anything like different style just for? kicks like you'd want to ever play like try something way out of your somebody's gonna say wow he actually is playing this like the music of abba or something. yeah i mean i would be down to rocking some abba but um yeah i mean there's we always want to do different and weird stuff um all of us kind of have a different style and different background so what might feel awkward and uncomfortable for one of for like for me might feel totally normal to the, the drummer or the bass player vice versa so um, that's an interesting. You know thing. what I see with you too. I call like your music and a lot of bands I know, or I call it no boundaries on it. Where okay, you go from one album to another. It's not okay. Well, we have one of those CDs. Damn, I know what you're gonna sound like. Everything you do is like when I put on Orion and then put on your latest one, which I keep looking at long because I know what it is. I've yeah. seen it for how long, but I keep. I have longed to be the mountain, except for that dude in Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to be that guy. Him. You don't want to be Half Thor. <laughs> Why not? Half Dude, Thor's cool. Half Thor's a legend. <laughs> yes. but, love you, Half Thor. But it's always, I love to see what you come up with next. It's a lot of bands. It's like Mabry you play. Yeah, they're great. I was great. telling Josh and Sam, it's like when you guys, I saw them, because I always say 2013 was my year of like meeting a lot of my friends now, like that age group. And seeing when you see them from the beginning, I think I saw them open for Gringo Star the first time. Oh, wow. And they all came up with hats and everything. And then seeing what they did then and what they are now, I'm like, for you, every time you do something, it's, wow, we're, you know, you bring, like, the whole kitchen sink of the little cornucopia thing from Thanksgiving in your thing. It's always something different and awesome. Yeah, we, and I know, like, for me, I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of like the, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the main songwriter. We A lot of it is jams, but I, I'm the, you know, I, I edit a lot of the stuff. And so for me, I, like before every recording project, I, I try to think like, what are we going to do? What's one thing that we want to make sure we do different on this record? Um, and so like the new, the new EP we have coming out on March 20th, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to make, play this whole record in an alternate tuning. And like, I kind of like came up with this different tuning and like, that's going to be the whole record. I'm going to force myself to write these songs in this thing just to try to, because, you know, it can be too easy. Like, we actually get, it's kind of funny. I feel like a little bit of a hack. Like, when we'll play, like, an hour-long show, and, like, out of that hour, like, 45, 50 minutes are all in the same key, you know? <laughs> well, like, Neil Peart, what he did, the late Neil Peart, I guess he, like, in the 90s, like, the late 90s, it could have been early this decade, I get times wrong, he taught himself a whole different drum style. Like he just to test himself. He took lessons. Yeah. Like with, yeah. just to get in figure. He was probably good enough before. Oh yeah. I think he wasn't too bad. No, I think he was okay. <laughs> before that. But then he taught himself. He wanted to try a new challenge. So he just tried a different you know, and that's another thing I would ask, is there any instrument you'd ever like to try? Now you play now again you have an affection for synthesizers, obviously. Yeah. You're doing the Getty Lee thing though when you're playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I love I love playing synthesize synth, synthesizer. The mode. Yeah, yeah. It's great, and you know we definitely have been incorporating more and more of that into the band. We actually have like a full synth song on the new EP. Did you ever do like when you were um, a kid? I had my my brother had one. And I used to love to goof with the sound effects. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. get the flying clouds. Yeah, like... yeah. I, I when I grown up, I had like a one of those cheap Casio keyboards. <laughs> I was and say, dude, what? I just would like sit in my bedroom, just like 
like bashing on the keys, making horrific sounds. Um, but it was fun. Well, it's like when you were saying about the guitar that came with a its own practicing. Yeah. I had that Casio keyboard, yep. but it came with the New Kids on the Block songbook. Really? For, yeah. <laughs> so funny. you're looking, oh, God, that would have been And like how did your songs 90s? come to you? Like, really, do you sort of, is it like the sci-fi topic, the space topic? Do they just, I always, like, for influences, like, you're not really the love song type of guy. No. <laughs> Thankfully. <we> no. <laughs> but does um, it sort of, like, your influence is just... Do they come to you a little, or you'll be, like, watching stuff and going? It depends. So I, I have, like, a little file on my phone that I just, like, some if I hear something or think of something or see, like, an interesting phrase, I'll just, like, jot them down. But um, honestly, like, a lot of the lyrics is kind of a tandem effort between me and Scott the drummer. Um, he's able to write a lot more faster than me, where I'm, like, like for me, it's, like, performing surgery on myself like it's all like it's so painful and like, difficult for me to do so he's able to like uh, i'll start something and be like okay this is the theme this is like a couple lines this is the melody he'll write a bunch of stuff and i'll be like oh okay i like those two lines and then i'll build up the kind of like i think collaboration's a good thing because then when you yeah. run into a wall or you have an idea if you're honest with each other events Okay, you know that just doesn't doesn't work. This, yeah. Why is there's something missing? It's like adding you know vanilla to Velveeta if you cook it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Batista did that. No, no. The, the pulled pork. Yeah, pulled vanilla. pork. He couldn't find the barbecue, but something was missing. Something was missing. So we added a dash of vanilla. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Song. I was making pulled pork. Yeah. <laughs> no dash of vanilla, no, but you, it just adds it takes it over where it's like something yeah. Because I'm sure you're doing this long enough, you can just tell. I'm just something okay. It sounds pretty good, but there's just something's not. We need, you know, something a little more. Yeah, and and you know, it can be hard because, like I said, we do try to have everything, every release be like its own sort of story and theme. So there has to, you know, sometimes I wish it could just be as easy as like, oh, well, this song will just make it the song about driving a fast car. You know, like whatever. Like it's like difficult when it's like no, but this has to be the link to get from that song to that song. So you know, like. Uh, like we can't have the, the the subject matter be this on this song. It has to be something like this to ha- you know to, to make it flow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I say, if you played in Europe, yeah, I knew you did. How was that traveling around the highways and byways of Europe? It's, gr- it's great. I think, um, I think what gets you, like we forget, we're in America. It ain't that big? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, they have a their consumption of rock music is pretty profound over there. Like. You know, we've had some really amazing shows. And in general, um, we do really well in Europe. They just, they everything about the touring experience is so much different. They treat bands way different. How do you, do you travel? Because I always traveled by train when I was in Europe. Do you drive? You actually drive? We, yeah. We usually, do you ever go on the wrong side like well, an American? <laughs> we usually have a driver because um, that would be too much. Um, and we usually are splitting a van and a driver with another band. No, because uh, I think that's a cool part of being on the road, too, is you see all these places mm-hmm. that you're loading up or going. Yeah. And now fans, even, like, you know, language barriers, music's like a universal language. Yeah, and, when, and to be fair, pretty much everyone in Europe speaks English. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, like, there are certain spots where they don't, you know, like, maybe... In France, they pretend like they don't, but they probably do. That's the thing. They pretend yeah. they don't, but if they, yeah. we all Thank know. Thank you, I've been. I mean, there was I mean, a lot of spots like in Italy that You're watching CNN in English, you bastard. Yeah. You know what got me was like, 
at Helsinki when I was in Finland, I had no problem because everybody and like everybody's over here about learning, you know, languages. Like go to another country. Like some people speak six of them. Yeah, I could barely speak. You know, it's like I do the diehard quote. I can speak you know English and bad English. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like one of the many things we could improve upon as a as a country <laughs> is the way we educate our youth. Is you know, multilingualism. <laughs> I can't even say the word. Say I can't even language. speak my own freaking language. Well, because but, <laughs> ask any person who learned English later in life. It is the hardest language to learn as an adult. I wouldn't doubt it. <clears> I mean, it's, Because it makes no sense. Yeah. But, I mean, I know you probably like them all. But do you have any favorites sort of in Europe and playing in countries? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, I, I really like our, uh, Norway. Norway is awesome. Uh, I mean, Germany's been like Berlin is one of our best times. Like we we always have amazing shows in Berlin. Um, London's been cool. Where'd you play in London? Because I was there, and I remember I missed Greg Townsend by like a week, and I thought the coolest thing, like if you were playing, Greg was playing at the Red Lion. So I happened to be in England like a week before. If only we, because I just could imagine like. You know, you imagine like someone you know you from here walks in at a gig you're playing in London. Yeah. Oh, I thought I'd come to the yeah, gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've uh, we played. I'm trying to remember. Uh, the one place I can remember off the top of my head was called the Black Heart, and that was like kind of in Camden. It's kind of I had as a Motorhead fan, I had to go see with the Hammersmith Odeon is. So being like an American, I'm going down there, and people, I guess it's a bad area, and they're like, "You're crazy." There's like a bomb threat. Really? It's America. <laughs> Used to hearing these people would do them at our schools all exactly. the time. Bomb threat. This that's, was like that's pre, second you know, news to us. Pre nine eleven stuff, and I remember and they're like, "You're crazy." It's wow. like, no, I'm just American. What do you want? Yeah. But I had to see the Hammersmith Odeon because, like, I just have that for like arenas like that. I think it's cool. Like, I just was at the Beacon Theater, and being a music person, you suck this up. Go imagine who's played here. Yeah, yeah, and everything else. Yeah, we played um a year or two ago a couple years ago maybe we did we played the Fillmore in san francisco oh that's and it was like freaky you know that's how the beacon was with me i had to get to the beacon i saw jason isbell there and it just was it's the beacon theater imagine what these walls could say yeah yep but that's cool and i think it really you ever like too it's cool i think too with greg greg again i use greg townsend a lot as an example he said like in spain like hearing your song on the radio or kids finding like you're from here kids kids are digging your music all over the place yeah, it's yeah. just awesome yeah it's really cool i mean that's probably been the best development of like music on the internet is the fact that like you know you can Get an email from some kid in Portugal who's like, hey, I just really like Yeah, we have some music, guy in Canada know? who follows us, I think. And I don't know how they found us. Or... Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's really random. Yeah, I remember many... back in the day, again, like that where, <clears throat> okay, you'd find a band and either like I, I would go down like the Lakeshore Record Exchange, ask them what they got in. You go to the House of Guitars, go try to go through the stacks. Yeah, like, yeah. And for me, when it was cheap, obviously, oh, this album cover looks cool. Yeah. But how did... You get word before even MTV, like Pat Nizio, the Smithereens said to me, you know, you, you saw the video, it's not pretty good, I'll go check it out. But before even that, I used to try to listen to late night rock shows, try to get the local thing up. 
and just you try to find the stuff and when it was out there, it had to reach its audience. Yeah. Here it can, like if you're looking for, even though some of those things don't work very well when you do the song and they try to give you what you think you like and they will give me something and I'm looking, why do you think I like that when I'm listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, you're talking about like, uh, you know, like I, like Pandora. That's exactly, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, what I, my favorite thing about Pandora, I think it's hilarious. <clears throat> Is that Johnny Cash finds his way into every <laughs> freaking genre? You could be listening to like Public Enemy Radio, like, yeah, it's like here, can, Johnny Cash. It's like you, you can tell what you know? label throws them a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, it's just like Johnny Cash somehow works his way into every Nine Inch Nails Radio. Johnny Cash, uh, uh, Madonna, Johnny Cash somehow gets in there. Like how? How does he... I never saw him? I wish I did. They played here. Never heard about him again. There's a band that played here. It wasn't from here, I don't think. They're called the Man in Black Sabbath. They played locally. I missed the gig, but I guess he did Johnny Cash like Black Sabbath songs. Really? It was like Dread Zeppelin where they did the Led Zeppelin to a reggae beat with the Elvis impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff wow. like that. But that's mm-hmm. cool, and I really am looking forward to what you guys do ahead. And you have this new thing coming out. We'll have this out just about when it comes out. So yeah. let's talk so about get... a little about it. You can keep secret what you want. Yeah, yeah. Them. <laughs> I mean... Uh yeah, it's so it's called Dead Star. It's um, it's a very long EP, a sh- short full length. Um, it's only one, two, three, four, like five songs, I think. Um, but understand, King Buffalo <laughs> five songs is a tad different than some where you're getting your money's worth and you're getting a full. Yeah, I mean, it's about. <laughs> I think it comes in at around 35 36 minutes i thought um, you know what you would be perfect for your band do a soundtrack like for the planetarium for a show oh there. i would absolutely love that hey we know yeah. somebody yeah we do we've had the head of the museum the head of the museum and we, she's we already trying to get her actually she might be working with burlesque no, no she yes yeah, oh, wow. i was gonna say she's in talks to work with the uh bewitched burlesque cool yeah. but i just thought of that imagine going to like one of those star shows and Dude, your background that would be music awesome. that, would be, <laughs> yeah. that would be so yeah that'd be like a dream come true that'd be awesome because i love the planet yeah like, if, you, if you grew up around here obviously all i could think of that big moon and <laughs> yeah. going to see all that stuff but that would be awesome but this is good something to look forward to and it will be out all over yeah march 20th it'll be out on everything uh, pretty much. all the yeah all the formats um we do have a music video coming out at some point for one of the songs. I don't know when that's coming out. How do you out. like doing videos? Some people do, some people don't. I, I would say the guy we got to do our video is great, Adam Antelek. He did an amazing job. But I would also say that it's not something that we are as a, good at as a band. You don't you like playing? Do you do it more live? Are you playing like a Yeah, song? yeah, we're like playing and then, you know... There's a lot, a lot of different stuff. Adam did a really cool job That's making cool, it. Though, making it I always cool. say sometimes that could change the meaning of the song. Yeah. Because like Tom Petty always pointed, like, don't come around here anymore. He said, listen to the song. It's very sort of dark mm-hmm. because of that video with the Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. It's light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, music videos are, are a tough thing. We're not, we're not like the most photogenic. Oh, and, come you know? on. <laughs> So that why you smoke during the shows? Yeah, yeah I mean, just... if we if we had our way, we would just be like blasted with, you know, smoke and projections and you are, like give I mean, something else for people off, to watch. You have the but... way you start off on the guitar and you sort of like go back and everything. It's sort of theatrical, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you could do like Maynard did and you know turn his back to the crowd the whole time. Yeah, it could. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because when he was with um. A perfect circle. I saw him, and he had his back to the crowd yeah, most I mean, of the time. Yeah, he's he tends to put put himself towards the back. You know, yeah. um, when I saw them at what was the 
War Memorial yeah, a, I still a year call or two it, ago. Yeah, I yeah. always call Blue Cross, but I always yeah. call it War Memorial. Yeah, he was definitely, you know, the guitar and bass player up front and, you know, yeah, and he's front, just kind of he's, he's, back, he's in the back in the corner behind the drums almost, you know. But you can hear him. Yeah, yeah. Or do be like Pink Floyd, say, have somebody come and build a wall. Yeah, that's Don't do fine. like Spinal Tap with the little stone <laughs> hedge. No, hey, no. we tried to get the bottles. <laughs> yeah. But but very cool having you on. Yeah, yeah well, thank you for going. having me. It was and fun. now you want to introduce your newest yeah. your thing. We'll play your song. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Better you do it than us, because I'll screw it up. That's yeah. what you're here for. <laughs> um, playing a song off the new EP called uh, Dead Star. The song is Ida Karine, um, which we were talking about space. You know, it's... Uh, I don't know all the technical terms at this point off the top of my head, but it's like the biggest moon, or uh, biggest sun, sorry, biggest sun in like the known galaxy. It's pretty oh, wild. Priny, sun, yeah, yeah. Corona, yeah, yeah sun. I was about yeah. to write that down to spell it. Like, yeah, I'll look it up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one ain't happening. E T A C A R I N A E. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's very cool. And check it out. It'll be very good. And Sean, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Nice meeting you, Zach. And you do. Meet him again. Thanks. Listen to the song. And- <laughs>